Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome again to another Hot Sheet Podcast. If you have forgotten who I am. I'm Josh Norris. I've been out for a couple of weeks. I was uh, vacationing on the West Coast in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, so Jeff handled the chat with various guest hosts, I believe, while I was not here. Uh, I'm referring to, of course, my lovely and talented co-host, Jeff Pontis. I, I don't know why I struggled over your last name, but you know what your last name is. We know what your last name is. And you are the parrot, and I am the bear, and we're keeping all of this in. Welcome to another uh, episode of Hot Sheet Podcast. How are you doing, Jeff, whatever your last name is? Yeah, Ponce, but no big deal. Like Ponce de Leon. You know, I'm finding the fountain of youth constantly. We're just chasing rabbits out here. Well, share it with me, because I'm 38 going on 98 over here. Hey, I'm, I'm a spry 42, so what can I say? Not 42 yet, but I'll be there shortly. Um... Hey, you know, just watched a lot of minor league games this week, uh, getting into some playoff races on the MLB side, you know, September baseball, uh, especially when there's some stuff to play for is always uh, an interesting watch. So just been tuning in on both sides, uh, digging in on some end of year data now that we have complex leagues are all done, as well as both levels of A ball, primarily outside of playoffs, et cetera. And, you know, we're finishing up some of these other leagues over the next week or two. And uh, just, you know, kind of wrapping up the year. And I love being able to look and take a step back. I know I've said this before and just look at the big numbers and see who maybe slid under the radar or who really performed. And uh, you have some sort of totality in terms of the sample size you're talking about. So uh, it's fun to do that and then sort of dig into those sample sizes and see where guys might have made changes. Um, And I did some of that already with Jackson Cheerio talk a little bit later this week about Owen Casey in a similar instance, uh, how the Southern League ball has impacted him. Maybe we'll dig in on three to five players like that. If I continually find the same thing, it might only be three. (laughs) But uh, I find it to be a fascinating topic. Jackson Chorio, I I think I've heard of him. He's a player who's familiar to me. Uh, Oh, don't be coy. I'll I'll be coy all I want. Uh, (laughs) He's one of the very best Jacksons in baseball. There's, and I say that only semi facetiously because for whatever reason, Jackson is the name these days. Um, well, we'll move on to the hot sheet, but before we start doing that, we can um, kind of use it to dovetail a little bit. I, when we talk about this stuff at the end of the show, but this next couple of days, I have the FCL and ACL top 20s coming out. I don't remember which one comes out first, but I finished those before I left, and they're going to come out this next week. And the reason I bring them up is because hot sheet this week leads with a guy who was in the middle of the pack last year uh, in Sam Basayo and is followed by a guy who is, spoiler alert, on the list this year in Raylan Heredia. So, Jeff, let's start with you talking about what you like about Sammy Basayo. Yeah, and I think if you just – he's an easy player to like, right? Um, spent the majority of this season as an 18-year-old, and I think that's something that 
we do need to talk about and mention and preface everything with. He just turned 19 a few weeks ago, less than a month ago. Um, so this is a guy that's incredibly young. Um, the power he has at that age, substantial. Big guy, of course, has always been questions, you know, will he be too tall, too big, and end up moving off a catcher? We'll see. Uh, great arm. You know, I think the reviews you get on the catching, it's up and down. He's got a chance to stick there, though. And when we look at the plate profile, um, it's pretty tremendous. Uh, over the course of the season, you know, spent 83 games um, in low A, you know, gets the call up to Aberdeen, spends 27 games, you know, so we'll say about five or six weeks there and performed at both levels. And if anything, I think toward the end of the season, really turned it on with Aberdeen and hit sort of another gear. Um, you know, this is a guy that hit 307, 398, 547 this year, over 110 games. As a, primarily an 18-year-old, hit 20 home runs, had 25 doubles. Um, you know, the strikeout rate was just a hair under 20%, at 19.9%. He walked 12.6% of the time. So that's just the surface level stuff. Um, when we start to go under the hood with Baseo, um, you know, we start to see that this is potentially one of the best hitters in the minor leagues right now. Um, just, you know, excellent contacts. Um, the only question he really has is sort of zone contact at the moment. Um that's a little bit below average, um, but good swing decisions, um, you know, hits the ball incredibly hard and gets on base, you know, does sort of all the things that you need to do and checks all of those boxes um, from an offensive standpoint. And then you sort of take a step back and look at it and say, oh yeah, this guy was, you know, 18 years old. <laughs> Um, yeah. For a majority of the season, in full season ball, he's going to progress as a hitter. The skills are going to improve. He's going to become more refined as he sees more pitches, etc. Um, yeah, I guess the question I'll throw back to you, and I don't know if he's necessarily this level of prospect yet, but we take things into consideration, especially if he's a chance to stick a catcher. Is this the next guy in the now Orioles lineage? of number one prospects is there's potential unless something changes um, that Jackson holiday is the number one prospect this off season, January. We obviously had Gunnar Henderson last year and Adley Rushman the year before. Um, is he going to be able to sort of rise to that level and carry it on? Because I think there's a case now that he's a top 20 prospect. All, all things considered, you know, I don't know if he's going to get to number one overall, um, he could get close to it. You know, you mentioned the catching uh, question. You know, last year when I did the, the FCL list, it seemed like a very strong no on it. And this year it's less of a strong no. There's, you're, you're right. There is a chance he's more flexible than you'd think for his, for his age. But the only thing he does, or his age, size, 18-year-olds uh, are probably pretty flexible. Um you know, the only thing he hasn't really done, is, I wish I'd be able to see him uh, whenever I've only seen him two games this year and both times he played first base, which is kind of annoying. Uh, and then he got promoted right before he was supposed to play here at Zebulon. But I guess that's a long way of saying 
he could be one of the very best prospects in the game. Number one is a high bar to clear, and usually you have to have a fair amount of defensive value to get there. I don't know if he's going to have quite that. He's got the, he's got the throwing arm for sure. It's uh, almost universally a 70, uh, if not an 80. But you are going to have trouble being a long-term catcher at his size. Like He's a very big man. Um, so maybe. Maybe, I guess, is, is the answer. Um, but either way, a very, very exciting prospect, and he's making my list last year look surprisingly good. Uh, you know, so a, as you know, he was on the list with uh, Junior Caminero, who's pretty good, uh, Bubba Chandler, who's also on the hot sheet this year, uh, this week, also pretty good. Um, I think we did pretty well. The FCL was pretty loaded last year. Um, so yeah, Basayo is really interesting, and I'm excited to see what he does in Double A because he just got promoted there. Because as you mentioned, the uh, the A ball leagues are over outside of postseason, and uh, Aberdeen did not make the playoffs. I don't think so. He's up to Bowie for uh, the remainder of the season, unless they want to, you know, bump him to Norfolk when that season ends. Um, so yeah, he's he's a really good prospect, and I'm really excited to. Um, to watch his career progress. Jeff, who do you want to talk about next? Huh. Um, let's uh, let's flip the script a little bit here. There's a script? Flip the script. There's a script. Whoa, wow. I don't have it. We've been we've been following the script to a T, sir. Um, I'm actually interested in talking a little bit about uh, Jackson Joe. And right, uh, so talk a little bit about Jackson Joe, who just Breaking, breaking, breaking news. Uh, the Tigers have tweeted out that he, like Sam Sayo, is going to double A. Mm. Um, so he will start on, I think they said Sunday, for the mighty Sea Wolves of Erie. So talk a little bit about Jackson Job and his golf lineage. Yeah, I think the thing with, with Job is um, coming into the year, I think there was a lot of negativity around the player. Uh, he struggled obviously in his first year in pro ball. There were some injury concerns. And I think just generally some concerns regarding Tiger's player development, particularly on the pitching side and how that would impact him. Well, it's been of little to no concern this season. Um, we've seen the best of Joe. He's been one of the best and most exciting starting pitching prospects uh, in the minor leagues. He didn't pitch a tremendous amount of innings this year so far, but you know, let's say it's about 60 or so. Um, I think he had 40 at high A across eight starts, 16 at, at uh, low A, where he's kind of had these truncated appearances, made six uh, starts slash appearances there, um, but missed bats, kept runners off base, kept runs off the board. Um, biggest issue I would say that you, you, you've seen Hasn't been the command, which I think would have been the thing that I probably would have guessed uh, coming into the season. It's actually been uh, home run issues, which I guess could be a manifestation of command. I should probably say more strike throwing uh, than command. So great stuff. Big fastball. We know about the you know 70-plus grade breaking ball. Um, just an absolute like killer slider. He's got a good curveball variation on it, too. Uh, can turn over a changeup. He's really showing a starter's arsenal, and I think this is a great stepping stone season for him. Where if he can build up to 100 plus innings next year, and we can really see like the reins off and have him go through a full season healthy and productive and effective, 
the execution side of things is really taking a step forward because the stuff has always been there with Joe. Yeah, one thing that stuck out to me, I think I wrote him up. Well, I say I think I wrote him up. I definitely wrote him up for Hot Sheet. Um, I did not realize just how well he was performing in West Michigan. 54 strikeouts against three walks. Yeah, you know, he's walking no one. You're, well, he walked three guys. It's not no one. But <laughs> but you're the you're the you're the uh, the numbers guy. Is fifty four to three good? Is an eighteen to one strikeout to walk good? Let me throw this into the supercomputer. Supercomputer says yes. All right. Well, I trust the supercomputer and its amazing sound effects. Um, yeah, that's that's some serious dominance, and he'll get at least one more turn. Uh, this week, I guess that would be closing day for Double A. Uh, unless you're in the playoffs, he's gonna pitch the last game of the season. Well, not the last game of the season because they are, I believe, in the playoffs. Um, so he'll get the ball to close their regular season against the Squirrels. Um, and then I don't know, Sea Wolves versus Flying Squirrels. That's an interesting battle in nature. And then he'll get the to pitch in the playoffs a little bit. So that'll be a fun end of the year for him you know i i'll admit i was a little bit off him last year i'd gotten some or early this year whenever um the injury history was scary i'm i know if, if jj were on this podcast he would be the first to tell you that i am uh extremely injury adverse anytime anybody gets an injury i boot him from the top 100 boot him from the 30 whatever you know i'm i'm pretty uh off his leg yes i'm in for a hangnail you saw off the leg leeches all those things um, I'm pretty reactionary when it comes to those things, which um, hasn't proved well for me this year. Um, a lot of times, but yeah, there's no question he's come back and has looked really good. I've heard good things from about him in recent days, and it's a really exciting pitching prospect at the front of the the Tigers system. Um, we can move on a little bit here to uh, let's move on to a little later in the list. Uh, Raylan Heredia, Jeff, you got to see him live in person in the flesh in Florida. What do you like about Raylan? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is um, you can dream on the impact. Uh, there's bat speed, uh, ball jumps off the barrel, um, shows a knack for finding it too. There's definitely some swing and miss. He's a little bit aggressive, um, but it's not at a point where you're panicking, you know, and uh, jumping ship. Uh, it's just a little bit of aggression kind of like over that, just over that 30% threshold on, on chase rate. I uh, was a little bit better during complex league. He's had a month now, um, in low a with Clearwater, and the contact is sort of right around there too, where it's like fringy average, but you can see it improving over the next couple of years. looks like a guy that probably would return to Clearwater at the beginning of the year. That's sort of what I wrote in the hot sheet as well. Um, but there's an up the middle profile here potentially. If he ends up moving over to a corner outfield spot, fine. He's got a good arm. I saw it in action. Um, can make all the throws. Certainly can handle right field without a problem. Um, but for right now, could profile in center field. Uh, they had him hit leadoff in all the games that I saw, and I think pretty much every time I checked the box scores when I was away as well, um, it looked like Haredi was pretty much the leadoff guy with like Miller and some of those draft picks kind of slotted in behind him, and. You know, it kind of says a lot. Um, you know, they believe in them. There's power, there's speed, there's tools. Uh, not super refined yet, but I think if you take a look at his week, 
it just shows what he can do against older competition at a full season level. You know, this is a guy that really performed. I think he had multiple hits in every single game. I think maybe played four or five games last week, didn't play the full slate and, um, you know, showed some power as well with extra base hits, I think in a bunch of different games and, uh, you know, can steal a base here and there. So can impact the, the, you know, the game in a variety of ways. And I think is an exciting prospect for the Phillies. You know, not going to be a superstar guy. I don't think he's trending to the top 100 or, or anything just just yet. Um, but, you know, maybe somebody that has that, like, 50 extreme sort of upside, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I mentioned that, spoiler alert, he's on the FCL top 20. I just took a look because I hadn't looked at the list since I did it. But he's in the, uh, the top 10 of the list. Uh, and for all the reasons you just said, there's a lot of really exciting things about him. Um He's got bat speed, and scouts the, the potential for average and power. Um, if he gets a better approach and does a better job with his swing decisions, um, he's got he's a sixty grade runner with a fifty arm, and he could probably be a center fielder going forward. Look, there's a few warts to uh, to clean up, but he could be. He's a really intriguing prospect um, in that system, and was one of the better players on that FCL club for the Fightin' Phils. And before we continue on with this podcast, Jeff, we have to take an ad break, which we'll do right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back. Uh, we will resume hot sheet chat here by going down the list and talking about a guy who made an excellent, excellent double-A debut. That would be Pirates right-hander Bubba Chandler. You know, he he was almost perfect in his double-A debut. Uh, I think he had one hit, no walks, eight punch-outs. Um, there's zero question about the stuff. 
when he's right, it's been a matter or this year of command and control of his off-speed pitches. Uh, early in the year, it was he needed to throw the off-speed pitches in the zone more often instead of you know solely for chases because if you can't land them in the zone, they can really uh, hitters can ignore them and just key on the fastball, and that's dangerous to do anywhere. But in Greensboro, that's really dangerous. <laughs> that's a very very cozy park where um, you know well hit balls go out, miss hit balls go out, and uh, and sometimes just really miss hit balls go out. And if you're going to key on fastballs, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, but he, he had uh, improved that significantly over the last couple of months of the season. I think it was like he was alternating walk-free starts. Like every other start was zero walks. And then he got to Altoona and, wow, you know, I think it was 14 swinging strikes in 69 pitches, which is pretty good. 18, eight punch outs, which is his third uh, start of the year with eight or more. One shot. He hasn't reached double digits this year. His season, or his season high is nine in the game. So it's a really interesting high, high, high upside arm that, you know, you you were expecting a longer, just slower burn because of the two-way background, and he hadn't focused solely on pitching in a while. And I think this this year was the first year he focused solely on pitching, um, and he's starting to bloom. Jeff, what do you think of Roy Rubin Bubba Chandler? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Obviously, he's a tremendous athlete. This guy was like a two-way player uh, as an amateur. Obviously, started out that way as well. But um, the upside in the mound was always prevalent. Um, I know I talked about this a little bit on the uh, the, po- the fantasy podcast with Dylan yesterday about Bryce Eldridge. And I think Eldridge's upside is with the bat, where sure, like, you know, there's, there's obviously talent um, on the mound and there's upside there. But it's it's more of like a bat leaning sort of two way profile where Bubba was more of a, a a pitching leaning one and we've seen the progression throughout the year and I think you know kudos to the Pirates as well we've seen some decent progression on the pitching side of things from a few of their guys you know Anthony Salamento being another one who had a, a really good year and I think exceeded expectations so um, you know these two guys sort of uh, kind of leading the charge of some other young talented arms in that system behind Paul Skeens and there's others there's others as well. Yeah, I think they were my pick in the preseason for uh the number one farm system in the game coming into next year. Um I don't know if we're gonna reach that plateau, but we're not far off. It's a it's a I it's a really good system that's added um I guess it's hurt a little bit by the graduations of Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis but they did add the number one overall pick in the country in Paul Skeens. And they've seen those strides from, you know, Solomato and uh, who we just talked about Chandler. Um, Tremar Johnson has had flashes and there's really interesting guys up and down the system. Um, let's move on down the list a little bit here. Jeff, I'm going to allow you to get on your soapbox. Talk about the man, the myth, the Colt Emerson. Uh, sure. Um, so Emerson is is one of these guys that I think has just exploded post-draft in terms of the excitement around him and, you know, potentially uh, what he can develop into long-term. Um, and the thing with, with Emerson is he did it in the complex league 
and now he's continued to do it um you know in in low a as well and you know i think that's uh that's fairly impressive when you consider the age and you know the expectation for a lot of these college excuse me these high school draftees even guys who are highly touted don't necessarily perform um once they get the call up to a higher level and emerson has been a guy that throughout the season has just continued to hit um the underlying data is uh dylan had laid out in his robo scout article so eloquently this week um really good exit velocity numbers you know 90 90 mile per hour average exit velocity he's got a 105 90th percentile uh, he's hit a ball 109 already um, barrels up pretty consistently um, good barrel accuracy um, never misses in zone he's got a near 90 percent zone contact rate uh, doesn't chase so the plate skills are there um, everything is really there i think it's just a matter of pulling the ball in the air a little bit more that's really the the last sort of frontier with with Emerson. Just from what we've seen thus thus far, um, going into sort of the off season, kind of putting on the fantasy hat for uh, a second here, I think this is a top ten player in FYPD drafts, and I don't think we would have been saying that two months ago. So I'm looking at your hat on the on the video. Is that your fantasy hat? And if so, what's the uh, what's what's on the front of it? What kind of hat are you wearing today? It says Brooklyn, sir. Brooklyn. Okay, I thought Brooklyn it- Dodgers hat. I thought it said born because your shirt looks like it's a born brave shirt. Um, so just to, just for everyone to know, fantasy hat is the Brooklyn Dodgers hat. I respect it. Um, I'm really excited myself to see Emerson um, in Instructs. My Arizona Fall League trip is going to coincide with the last week of Instructs. I assume Colt Emerson will be there on the Seattle side. So he'll be fun. Uh, at some point, I've got to put together a, a hit list of guys I really want to see and get on that old high-speed camera. Um, Jeff, I know you have to start chatting here soon, so let's uh, let's close this mother scratcher off. Um, what are you doing this week as far as games, if anything? Yeah, I might uh, head over and see Somerset, New Hampshire. Um, potentially, there's a chance I drive up to Portland on tomorrow, but I'm not so sure. The weather has been really shaky, and it's kind of tough to plan any uh, trips if I'm going to drive two hours one way and I'm going to get rained out. Uh, so. That's kind of what the uh, thing is staring me in the face. But I might catch another game here before the end of the season, and then we'll see how the fall and all that sort of thing plays out. But, uh, you know, I traveled a lot from February right through August. And, frankly, I'm kind of happy to be sitting at home watching a bunch of different games and players I can't see in person on TV, digging on the numbers and kind of trying to figure out – what I might have missed this season or players that, you know, we got to be higher on going in the handbook or whatever. So kind of enjoying this period where I can uh, get a little more free form with the stuff that I'm putting out too. Sure. Um, I think uh, the, the A ball levels are over. I know the A ball levels are over. The playoffs start around here. Um, we got Downies versus Carolina, which are two teams that's in, that's in my zone. Um, I know I'm not going out there tonight, unfortunately. I've got prior engagement with a, a new washing machine. Um, and then Durham is home for their last, I think their last, one of their last home series. Uh, and Mason Montgomery makes his AAA debut, I believe, tomorrow, or maybe his home debut. I think I'll be there, but I think that's probably the extent of it. Like you, I'm you know ready to get into handbook mode briefly and then into Arizona Fall League mode, which is the greatest mode of all. Um, 
those rosters should be out fairly soon. I know there are some teams kind of making some final decisions, yada, yada, yada. So when those rosters are out, you will, you can expect the normal bonanza of content from BA and uh, the normal uh, other Fight podcast of Jeff and I and whoever else wants to join, breaking down all six rosters. Heard some pretty fun names already, and there's pretty public ones out there. I mean, Colson Montgomery is public. Um, I can't think who else is out. Jacob Burke with the White Sox is public. Uh, I don't know who else is public, but we've heard some other pretty decent names. Uh, and I am, you know, counting the days till uh, I get on that plane to Phoenix. Um, yeah, so that's it for me. And uh, other than that, it's just kind of uh, handbook mode. Got got four teams this year, just like last year. Um, and we're we're getting ready to transition into the winter. Jeff, you got anything else to add? That's it, baby. All right, man. I'll let you get to your chat. He's a busy man today. That's Jeff Ponce de Leon. I'm Josh Norris. I don't know. I don't know. You can do with that last name. Um, for Jeff, I'm Josh. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe to, to BA. Thanks. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.